All right, here we go. Part one of the Jeremiah Craig Vicky Curley post. Like I said, Jeremiah does the uh, intro song for me, and also he's got some really good stuff. And I highly recommend you check him out. If you want to get a intro song done by him, he'll work with you and get whatever you need. Or you know, I don't know what he charges. I'm sure it's pretty reasonable. You know, just make sure you give him credit. He's, he lets you use any of his music in your podcast. Just make sure you give him credit in the show notes. Just a great artist, great human being. Yeah, I'm really glad I know the guy. So anyway, here we go. And same with Vicki Curley, just a really genuine woman. Just unbelievable. So here we go. <laughs> Keeping that hammer down all across the nation Checking cities off his list Sharing stories of the road right here on his station You are listening to the Kingfish Yes, you've tuned in to the Kingfish Radio Network mm. Expand your mind on the open road with Kingfish right here. All right, here we go. All righty then. What an exciting adventure today. We are here with Vicki Curley, the guide dog expert, who's also a musician. <laughs> Yay. And, and uh, so if any of you have any, uh, Jeremiah, if you have any questions about guide dogs I might. or dogs in general, yeah. Vicki's the person that nobody knows more about dogs and Vicky. Love Seriously, it. straight up. And Jeremiah Craig, my favorite uh, ex-hippie who's who's now a boot fetish uh, uh, internet star. Yeah, I would be careful with the fetish part. <laughs> that goes off into an entire different genre of what I do. <laughs> well, either way, you're still my favorite. You're still my favorite uh, independent artist, uh, you know, that I hear on a regular basis. Cool. By Thank far. you. Thank you. I'm rel I'm relatively new to the Jeremiah Craig fan club, but let's just say that my research has been quite interesting. <laughs> nice, so hopefully interesting in a good way. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Well, definitely, definitely. <laughs> and not awkward zoo animal way. <laughs> well, chipmunks maybe. <laughs> well, you after listening on Spotify, because if you want to listen to Jeremiah, it's probably the best. Probably Spotify is the best place to hear most of your music, but at least that I can tell. But when you're listening on there, the, the the performances I like the best are the live performances by far. I think your live performances are just outstanding. I mean, not to say that the the studio stuff is, but I just I just love your interaction with the audience. Yeah, thank you so much. That's where I prefer to play as well. I I love those recordings the best too, because that's where I really come through with my passion i think was when i can work off of an audience who's really listening to me and really capturing the story that's in the song and seeing their reactions as i'm playing whether it be like a gross reaction or a funny like they start giggling or something so that's it's that's kind of energy that i just live for so how did you get started uh in the music world I 
Well, I always sang music and was just playing around like the campfire around the house because my dad played music a lot. And I tried to play a whole bunch of different kinds of instruments. Like I tried the guitar at a young age. That didn't stick then. Then I tried the trumpet. That didn't stick. Uh, And then I tried the banjo when I was in middle school. And I really liked that. And I, I played that all the time. It drove my mom crazy because I would play the same song over and over and over again. Uh, but it was worth it because I did win the talent show by playing that song in high school. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I played a lot of banjo in high school. And then when I got to college, I started playing guitar and writing songs uh, after I listened to Bob Dylan and a, a lot of other songwriters who just really focus on lyrics, like uh, Ian Anderson from Jethro Tull. Oh, yeah. And these, these, artists really sparked an interest in me about what you could do with lyrics because up to that point I was just listening to whatever pop music was on the radio and bluegrass uh, and those two genres really aren't known for their lyrical uh, <laughs> outstanding capacity so but when I listened to folk music with Bob Dylan and some classic rock I just really noticed what some artists were trying to do. And then I wanted to try to do stuff like that too. So, and then I would just write songs all the time. I wrote hundreds of them and they all sucked. So <laughs> yeah, they were bad. I, I released like five albums before I actually released my own solo album or was in a college band. So I, I have like five albums that are just buried away because they're so bad and it's me just so young. Uh, And then I started getting the gist of what it's like to write songs and perform them when I was in a band in college called the Jack Swift Band, where I basically was on the same dorm floor as a saxophone player, and we started jamming out. And then we won the Tiger Idol, which which was a talent show in my college. And at that same show, we met folks from the jazz band at RIT, and we pretty much stole members, the good members of that band, into our band. So it was, it, and then and then we recorded some, and we went on tour. That was my first tour in 2009, and then we recorded again after tour. But that one we never released until last year. We just put out the MP3s on Spotify and stuff. But once that band ended, I just started my solo career at, at 2011 with my first good solo album. And uh, pretty much it's been me just touring and recording music since then. Uh, such a lot, a tremendous amount of experience. And I'm just a big fan of songs that tell stories which is why i um love a lot of folk music and um enjoy hearing the backstories of different songs and just in the short time that i researched you i (laughs) came across some rather interesting songs um and yeah i just if we had like 25 hours i would love (laughs) to know all the (laughs) all the backstories 
what was the one that really caught my attention? Eight years, if it takes eight years. Uh -huh. um, that was quite. Oh, if it takes years to, if <laughs> yeah. if it takes years to kill you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that um. one was. That one. That one's a bad one. That one. I. I actually wrote about a city. They just used it as a metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can think of a few cities that would fit into that, but it, it was just one of those songs that after I heard it, I'm like, wow. <laughs> this is amazing oh yes, thank you I, so much i do i enjoy that kind of you know because uh, you never know what the backstory is going to be it's just it can take you amazing places so i i enjoyed listening to different uh, even today i i stumbled upon your description of exactly what a ballad is and the Scottish song that you shared. And, oh, man, I loved it. Loved it. Oh, thank you. Yeah, you, that was on, on the YouTube video. Yes. I think, or yes. On a, I might have also put on a podcast. Yeah, that, that one was so much fun. And that Scottish song was Last of Glen Shee. I absolutely yes. love that song. I do, too. Now, now that I heard it. Oh, thank <laughs> you. <laughs> I, I actually hadn't heard. I love Celtic music. And I had not heard that song. So that was very, very cool. Very cool. Every once in a while, I'll go into the Library of Congress website because they collect songs there of, you know, different places around the United States. And sometimes the Scottish songs or the Irish songs will work their way in or like African songs will work their way in to the Library of Congress. And I just was going through and I found that song and it just blew my mind. I, I thought it was so beautiful. And it, it's kind of a funny story too, because it, it's, it tells a story of a king who marries somebody from the town, um, but she doesn't necessarily want to marry him right away, but he doesn't really have to work that hard in order to get her to marry him because he's the king. So it just showed me I guess, uh, presented a perspective outside of our time now uh, where something could sound really beautiful, but it also could have sort of these negative aspects as yeah. well. <laughs> yeah, I've heard a few of those. And sometimes been a little bit surprised that the melody in some ways really didn't seem to match the words. <laughs> that's just I, I swear sometimes I feel like it's just a way to test as to whether you're actually listening yes I love doing that I, I, I've written songs like that too it sounds really pretty but there's some of the meanest, meanest <laughs> songs that I've written so one of the other things that I took away from my research is that you do travel quite a bit yes yes I love it I travel, I travel for tours, I travel for content, uh, videos, podcasts, uh, in order to, I guess, meet up with different small businesses. Like I'll travel for uh, a series that I have called Break Room Balladeer, where I'll visit small businesses, interview them, and then play a song that I had wrote based off of the industry or what the business does. And then I'll put that out as a 10 minute video on YouTube and they do, they do fairly okay. 
uh, they're growing, they're getting, they're doing better. I only have 10 out there right now, but they're a blast to do. Um, and they do really well on Facebook and LinkedIn specifically. I think that's some of my favorite stuff, the break room ballad deer stuff, because when you walk into the place, the, the workers and the, you know, they're all, they're, it's like, they're very excited to see you that you're there, you know, and they, and they, they want the attention. They want people looking at them. I think that stuff's fantastic. Sometimes, sometimes it's really weird too, because it's like, there's this guy with a guitar. He kind of doesn't seem like he wants a job. And I don't know what he's doing here playing music during my lunchtime. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what this is about. So there's a really weird energy about it too. So sometimes I get those shows where it's like, oh, this is cool. Yeah, I'm all about it. And then sometimes there's the businesses where they're just really skeptical about what's going on. They just said yes because I made it sound really cool. And 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 it and then at the end of the day, uh, when the video's out, they love it and it's really cool. So, uh, but when I'm playing in the moment, it's some of the most nervous energy because they have no idea what's going to happen. And that makes me feel like I have no idea what's going to happen either. <laughs> well, sometimes that's the best way to go. Cause anytime I've made plans, well, they never quite go the way I envision them. So <laughs> keeping an open mind is a good thing. Yeah. And that's, that's part of what I love about traveling. It's uh, as long as you know the general direction that you're going, you can keep it open to stopping in strange towns or strange locations or interesting spots and just explore and meet different people. Like I've uh, met so many awesome people just by stopping someplace and allowing uh, myself the freedom to just go someplace. You know, a lot of times I don't travel and get a hotel or uh, make plans to stay with somebody. I usually sleep in my car just for that reason, because if I want to leave and go someplace else, I can. If I want to stay longer with somebody that I just met or a group of people and learn more about what they're about or what the town's about, I can do that too. So it's, uh, it's a blast to travel like that. Kind of a free, free way, free sailing so to speak well if you let the wind take you someplace you'll never know where you'll go exactly you know, that's the best thing that could happen but now that you're in a new town you've just moved to boston are you are you getting into it i mean how long have you been there i've been here about i think this is my third week that we've been here oh my God. moved here with my fiance yeah we've been all over so right after i met my fiance in in college eight years ago and after she graduated, because I, I, I graduated a year before her, and then she graduated and we moved to Phoenix. And we both started working out there. And then after three years in Phoenix, we moved up to Seattle. And we, mo we just moved from Seattle to Boston now after living in Seattle for four years. So we've been all over. It's been a blast. Well, it's, you've just been there for three weeks, and I have a friend who's just itching to get out. <laughs> to Boston? Yeah, get out of Boston. <laughs> what do they not like about it? Oh, she's looking for work. So when you're looking for work, you have to keep an open mind. She's had yeah. enough of the Boston city life. So. Yeah, I'm not too much of a, a city fan in general. Um, 
we are in Roslindale where and and there's um an an arboretum down here that's uh it's called the Arnold Arboretum of Harvard University. Absolutely love it. If that wasn't there, I'd probably have a much different opinion right now. Yeah. Yeah, I can imagine. Oh. Uh, who were some of your musical influences? I started out really liking Earl Scruggs. Oh yeah. Okay. I, I, I love his, his picking style on the banjo. He, he, he invented the three finger picking style. So I would listen to him pretty much nonstop, uh, when I was trying to learn the banjo just to figure out his phrasing and the way that he was playing. And also the Stanley brothers, Ralph Stanley doesn't play as much three finger. Uh, he's more of a claw hammer banjo player, but his voice and the way that the Stanley brothers were able to sing together was very haunting and, uh, captivating to me. So I just really enjoyed that. And then when it gets into songwriting, I really like Bob Dylan Ian Anderson of Jethro Tull. I like Nick Drake and also Tom Waits. Oh yes, okay, yes. So all the all the crazy storytellers. Yes. <laughs> oh yeah, and and it's it's just it's amazing how just hearing how some other folks are can help to not necessarily repeat what they do to to use what they have taught and move into your own style. And I see that in, in the music that I've heard from you. What do you mean? Well, it, it's okay. For example, some of my favorite musicians are Twyla Paris, who's a Christian contemporary musician, a lot of different folk musicians. Um, and I don't, I've learned from them. A lot of what I've learned is how to articulate I think someone who really influenced me with regard to singing and how to articulate was Connie Dover. And being, because a lot of times you can sing, but people can't necessarily understand your words. So just in learning how to phrase in singing, I listened to her and worked off of that. So influences, I see them as being able to help guide us into our own direction. So, you know, I say Earl Scruggs is just in, <laughs> is, he's in a, a category of his own. Just yeah, like, without a doubt. I mean, <laughs> but how amazing, you, you know, we, we might not be able to exactly emulate his banjo playing, but we can certainly branch off of that. Yeah, and the... I've, when I've you not say heard too much of your banjo playing, but I have heard your. In fact, what what really hooked me was your theme song for Kingfish. Oh, cool! Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, like wow, jamming on that guitar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was fun. <laughs> it was, and it was just seemed so natural, and that's what I see when I think of some of the musicians that you mentioned it it just it gives me it's like they pick up their banjo their guitar whatever they're jamming on and they just play yeah it's like effortless yeah and that's how you impress me you impress me as a musician that's just effortless 
it, it, I like to live in that effortless zone because that's where it's the most fun. Um, so at least try to make it that way because then it's coming from the depths of your soul rather than your brain, right? That way you don't have to think about it uh, yes. as much, right? So, and, and it means more. Uh, you mentioned you mentioned phrasing um, with with singing. I get I did the same thing with Ian Anderson. Ian Anderson's phrasing and dynamics when he sings and the the kinds of emotion that he can bring to a song with Jess O'Tull isn't just like love or anger or hatred, but he can also sing sarcastically, which is really interesting to me. He can make himself joke while he's singing and that is super hard to do in the in the melodic world and, and that's that's what i've taken most from him is that dynamics what you're saying it's it's very interesting to study the way these these folks sing it's a lot it's 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 challenging uh, but it's so much fun it is it really is <laughs> somebody just set off my my you know who oh, alexa <laughs> That's funny. Stop it. You got to change the name. <laughs> well, see, the problem is I have three different ones in this area and I have three different wake words. So there's really? only one wake word I haven't used. So you can get away. You can say three out of the four wake words and you'll wake up one of my oh, say devices. Like, Alexa, play hot chocolate. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> I'm going to mute her. <laughs> I'm going to mute her right now and beha- make you behave. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> yes. Maya Craig. Oh, now she's turning on a sleep sound. Jeez. You know, what I hate is when the, when the Alexa's next to the TV and the thing goes off because somebody said something on TV. It happens. Mm-hmm. And there are times when you know, nobody says the name at all. And she goes off. Oh, I find that very frustrating. <laughs> oh, I just live with it. But it is nice, you know, set the alarms and whatever. And, you know, and the, and the little speaker doesn't sound bad when you're playing music on a dot. It's really surprising. No, especially the third generation dot sounds amazing. Just think we can ask for Jeremiah Craig's music on You Know Who. I have. Yeah. You, you can play Spotify right through there. I've done it before. Yeah. Yep. It worked. I'm first that when I had a tech job in Seattle and they had one of the early Alexas, I was messed that right away to see if it worked. Oh, it's turned on again. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't have sat down over here. <laughs> I could move her to the other side. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it's funny. All right, we're gonna go ahead and cut this off here. I'm gonna go ahead and Make this part one. I'm going to play a song we talked about. And I highly recommend you to go check him out. I'm going to put his links up in the show notes. Really good stuff. All right, here we go. I'm in for the long haul. I got the phone call. For a bounty I can retire on But your deeds in Tulsa Make this 
personal Get ready to put the miles on Because I have so many questions And I don't mind If it takes years to grill you And after I hear all your confessions It takes years to kill you You can't hide in the city I'm worn knuckle made I have plenty of help from those you've betrayed Bitch I slay you think you're my great? Ha! Just show your face, name the place and the day you will lose. Now let's review. Hmm. You stole the goods from the Appalachian, said it was all for the good of the nation. Your righteous talk makes me lose my patience when you spent it to change your past conversations. Understand me, you break families and the deep web wants you exposed as badly. I do the job every time I am hired. With so much success, I am an outlier. Just try to run, you'll see I will not tire. I'll corner you just like a forest fire. Do you think I'd give up after your stunts at the World Cup? You just make it worse upon yourself I'm closing in on you Missed by an hour or two But you don't have anywhere else And I still have So many questions If it takes years to quill you And after I hear all your confessions I don't mind If it takes years